Whose is it? It's, uh, it's mine. I didn't know you were into music. Oh, I know you're a DJ, but I've heard your show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like all the bands. I like... I've got a broad taste, you know, from, uh, from the Britpop bands like oh. uh, UB40, Def Leppard. <laughs> um, right back to classic rock, like uh, Wings. Who's yeah, Wings? They're only the band the Beatles could have been. Well, I love the Beatles. Yeah, so do I. What's your favourite Beatles album, then? Tough one. I think I'd have to say the best of the Beatles. Welcome to Paul or Nothing, the place to get all of your Paul all of the time. Join me, your host, Sam Wiles, as we discover the history, the music, and the man behind it all, Paul McCartney. To get in contact with the show, email us at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. And welcome to another episode of Paul or Nothing, the place to get all of your Paul all of the time. Yes, I am your host, Sam Wiles, and thank fuck am I glad to not have to be talking about this Paul is dead nonsense for once. Whew. Oh, sorry. Um, the third part actually hasn't come out yet. Spoiler alert. I mean, don't get me wrong, I've been having a lot of fun doing those episodes, but with all, with all the prep and editing time that they take, it's just been draining, and I need a bit of a Paul McCartney palate cleanser to sharpen my senses and, you know, make sure I can still get it up in this game. However, I think it is fitting that I'm going to be talking about uh, I Don't Know and Come On To Me again today, as they were the last two songs I actually talked about on the show before I went down this whole Paul is dead rabbit hole kerfuffle. So it'll be nice to see how that lengthy project will have bookended this uh, release and experience for me somewhat and how my reaction has changed over it all. Yes, this is another bonus episode and yes, I am in fact working on getting us back to the grassroots of our output. Cast your minds back to the end of last episode and you will kind of sort of vaguely hear a promise whereby I said I'm going to go back and make more of an effort to get back to the elusive tug of war and pipes of peace episodes, get them written, get them recorded and get them released. But don't worry, I have been working on those. I've also been working on things for the blog and other bonus episodes and stuff. There is going to be a slew of material coming out. I know there's been a little bit of a slowdown of late, but that is what this episode today is also for as well. I knew that I wanted to speak to the guy I'm going to be speaking to today about Egypt Station and Come On To Me and I Don't Know, a guy who I wanted to speak to for quite a while. And I knew that I could get this episode out a little bit quicker just because of how these interviews go and how they're edited and today we will be returning to our very controversial episode whereby we covered Paul's last double A side. As I mentioned, it was when I and my good friend of the show, Mr. Tom Quee, tackled both of the songs. And we decided to take it upon ourselves, just because of how we felt at the time, to assess the material very much at face value and quite uni and rather uniquely give the show a faster, more finger-on-the-pulse style of review than we are used to. It wasn't pre-recorded or written in any way. I mean, in fairness, if we were more pre-prepared... Uh, like we are on most of our other episodes, then maybe the music would have had more time to rest. And I know we were particularly harsh on the songs, and I know quite a few of you out there also thought that as well. You vocalised that on the social media. And yeah, if I'd have taken more time with that episode like we normally do, I really don't think it would have turned out the way it would have. Not to reveal too much or pull the curtain back too far, but, you know, the slow but steady nature of this show is kind of born out of necessity more than want. First and foremost, I write. I feel a hell of a lot better than I talk, simple as. I mean, you guys have been listening to me for a while now. And whilst I may be able to talk for England, it's not always in the most cohesive manner, if unchecked. I think it's safe to say. There is a lot of editing that goes into making me sound like a normal person on this show. And whilst I don't want to get too deep into the subjects of speech impediments and stutters and, and things like that, let me just say that doing the show live does put a certain... Uh, stress on the way I speak and how I try and communicate with guests and stuff. It is very exciting and it's got a very quick production time. Like I say, I'm going to be doing an interview today on this episode, but I do have to focus more. I have to pay attention. I can't just run away with myself like I can do on an episode where I'm by myself. I would actually rather fancy doing more live episodes because th there is that certain electricity that comes from doing a live show. Like whenever we have a guest on the show, it just feels more real. It just feels like a proper conversation and it feels like something that you could listen to and be involved with as a listener as well. And it it's always nice to add that little bit of live tension. And I think I will try and get more live episodes in, though it's probably far too late to even think about start improving this show now. 
If you'd like to be a guest on the show, do email in to paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. If you do want to be on the show, if you want to be on for an album review, or maybe you want to talk about a music video, or maybe even just a specific song or a particular part of Paul's life, maybe you have a particular esoteric, quirky view on something and you wish to talk about it, please contact us at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. I want to experiment with having all types of guests on, and you, the listeners out there, are the best testing group of guinea pigs for that, of course. But regardless of all of that, like I say, a live show is exactly what I'm going to be doing here today. Here today. So now I'm going to be settling down to bring some balance to the force somewhat as I pathetically try and backtrack and claw back some clawing respect from the fan base out there, uh, you know, from the more ardent Paul McCartney fans as well. And just like last time, I will not be on my own. Yes, for this episode, as you'll probably see by the title, I will be joined by a very special guest indeed. But before I bring him on, I will have to belatedly do the housekeeping. Of course, if you want to get in contact with the show, please email me at paulmcgonypod at gmail.com. I check the email every day. I want to get in contact with you as quickly as possible. I always email back as quickly as I can. And first and foremost, I just want to hear your Paul McCartney stories, how you got into him, where you first were exposed to his music, maybe you've seen him live, maybe you play an instrument, maybe you've met him, maybe you want to warn me about a song in the future, maybe you want to question one of my song reviews. Yes, we did used to do song reviews on the show, I am getting back to that shortly, I promise. Either way, if you have anything to say about Paul or anything to say about the show, drop an email to us at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com and I'll read them out on the next episode, I always enjoy doing that. Unfortunately, we don't have any today, <coughs> send one for next time, please people. The most important thing I always have to bring up every episode, of course, is our Patreon. You can find the link to that down below. That's patreon.com slash McCartneyPod. And the Patreon is basically the lifeblood of the show. It's what keeps the lights running. It's what keeps the clocks ticking. Patreon is basically a way for people to donate to a particular project that they want to support, whether in a small way or a large way, for a monthly total. You know, some people donate $5 a month, some people donate $1 a month. And for what's basically a couple of dollars or a pound a month is basically just a way for you to say that you like the show and that you want to see it expand and grow in new ways. One of the things I want to do is get a new audio setup. That's something I have I have been working towards. We do have a couple of Patreon supporters now. If you want to be the next one, just join us down below. Obviously, this show is always going to be put out there for free. I don't ever really want to put ads on or anything. And this is just the best way for us to keep things going. So, yeah, check the links down below. Find us on Facebook and YouTube simply by typing in Paul McConnie Pod or Paul or nothing. You can find all of our episodes also on YouTube as well, in case you don't have any of the podcasting apps. Obviously, you find us on iTunes and Podbean and all of that, any of the good podcasting apps. Also, check out our sister blog, and you can find that at paulmccartneypod.wordpress.com. The blog is basically a place where I get to experiment a little bit more and fit stuff in that I can't quite turn into an episode or stuff that I want to do in the future, but you know, I just had the idea then and there and had to put pen to pen to paper. It's a great way for you to check out content that might not necessarily be on the show just yet. I'm currently working on a trilogy of articles on Wings discography, and I've been ranking that and categorising that in all sorts of arbitrary ways, you know, best album opener, best album closer, best album track, best A-side, best B-side. I'm going to be working on the third part of that soon. The first two parts are out. I'll possibly be talking about the best albums. Uh, you know, I might even rank the members, you know. Ooh, which, which place does Denny Lane come in? You'll have to wait and find out. I'm also working on articles about the best two-parter or three-parter conjoined Paul McCartney songs, you know, songs where it's made of two or more separate songs together, and an article I'm having a lot of fun working on as well, is the 13 Paul McCartney Commandments, which was a very pious piece, I must say, I really did have fun working on that one. Check out our sister blog, which is simply at paulmccartneypod.wordpress.com, check out content early there, and all the weird stuff that couldn't even make it onto this show, yeah, it, it is that odd, I must say. And finally, if you have a spare five minutes and a kind heart, please go onto iTunes, find the show, and just leave us a five-star review. It really helps out the show in a big way, pushes us up in the rankings, and gets the show a little bit more exposure. And if you do that, well, you're just the best person ever, aren't you? And thank you very much indeed. Unless you've been living under a rock on the mull of Kintyre, the fact that you are very listening to this podcast... Uh, probably means you are more than likely aware of the announcement of Egypt Station 
2018, which will be released on September 7th, and it will be Paul's 17th studio album to date, and it will be the very first time that we've had some brand spanking new content to consume on this show. Wow, I still can't believe that's true. And I also still can't believe I'm also seeing Paul McCartney live, which is also insane. I can't believe that's happening. And yeah, I am going to be talking about that on every episode until it happens and probably for the next 10 after as well. But let's cut right to the live feed now where me and my guests are going to be talking about various things, including Come On To Me, I Don't Know, and the aforementioned Egypt Station. Let's go there right now. One, two, three, go. But, as I mentioned earlier, I will not be alone for this discussion. For the first time ever on this show, and for the possibly one of the first times in Paul McCartney podcasting history, uh, we are going to have a collaboration between another Paul McCartney podcast. And this is something I've wanted to do for a while there. There are many other good Paul McCartney podcasts out there, especially the Take It Away podcast being among them. Big shout out to those guys and gals also. I certainly want to do something with them in the future. But they have missed the coveted first place spot on this show. And instead, my primary plug for this episode is going to be for another. Instead, I'm going to be joined by one of the creators and co-hosts of the wonderful Paul McCartney show, Two Legs. And if you listen to this show, you will more likely than have come across it at some point. You've probably typed in Paul McCartney and podcast into some sort of search engine and seen both of our wonderful little thumbnails. But um, rather than this show being one Brit rambling, you've got two very dedicated American fans who all the way across the pond do some stellar work that's a, clearly a very thoroughly researched show. I, I don't hear a laugh in the background for that one. Uh, <laughs> they... they they clearly have a love for the music and know a lot more than I do, certainly. And they are fantastic motivators to get me off my ass when I see that they've already churned out another 17 episodes whilst I'm still waiting for Paul is Dead Part 3. But anyway, <laughs> I am joined by half of that show. Please give a big Paul or nothing welcome to Mr. Tom Hunyady. Hello, Tom. How are you, my friend? Hello. Sam, I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Uh, it is a pleasure. It's finally great to have you on the show, dude. Like I said, I mean, I've been meaning to have just anyone else from the quote-unquote community for a while now. Obviously, we've had a bit of overlap with guests and stuff. I can't wait to talk about that later as well. Yeah, but, cool. I mean, I thought when I was going to do a Paul or Nothing podcast, it was going to be quite a hostile landscape because when I did my Tom Waits one, I was the only one me and my friend who had actually started one at that time. Another one came a couple of months or a couple of weeks in, but we, we were the very first. That's That was kind of fun. But with Paul McCartney, there were already two or three all, already, and we came around right around the same time, actually. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I was shocked. I mean, again, I we, we thought we were going to be the first ever uh, Paul McCartney podcast. And then, you know, a month in, we discovered that there was another one with, a, you know, a husband and wife combo. You know, I um, I don't know if they're still doing their show yet, but or still, but... Uh, which one was which one was that one? Uh, that's um, is that all McCartney? All I McCartney, think? yeah, I think I remember that one. That's, yeah, I haven't seen that one for a, for a while actually. I was yeah. I, I was sub to them. Obviously, it makes sense for us to do a, a bit of cross pollination. I think it's great. I mean, there's plenty of room for for McCartney chat. You know, you're looking at what 48 years of solo solo greatness or or solo, you know, frustration. But uh, yeah, <laughs> solo up and downness. Yeah, I mean, have there any, yeah. been, been, been any previous coming togethers of Paul McCartney podcast, or are we actually breaking new ground with this? Yeah, I, I believe we are. We are the first now to breaking new new ground. Oh, yes. we'll get that hashtag going. Go us, brilliant. Yes. Uh, <laughs> now, I thought as a fellow Macca podcaster, it would be best for me to get my generic icebreakers out of the way as quick as possible, because it is kind of important for us to establish the terrain of our chat. And right. uh, obviously, I want your first answer with these, fast as possible. We, we may extrapolate after, but th these are going to be quick fire for those initial answers. Here we go. Let's do this. When were you first introduced to the music of the Beatles? Music of the Beatles. Uh, my uncle, pretty much 1980. Six-ish mm -hmm. uh, became a big, uh, a big freak uh, come nineteen eighty-eight when I was fifteen. Good age, good age. That's just going to get implanted into your psyche forever now. Though. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So I was introduced more to the to the music of the Beatles before the solo stuff. Okay. Like, um, was that like Red Album and Blue Album? That seems how a lot of people got into it after the seventies. You know. Um. Eventually, yes, but it was more mixtapes at first that my uncle had. Okay. And then I gradually, gradually uh, went to the vinyl and, and you know cassettes at that time, getting one by one as I was getting my uh, you know my weekly allowance. 
it. Oh no, and then and then you have that existential crisis once you've gotten all of the Beatles stuff in, and then you're like, now what? Now what do I do? Yeah. I, I've got them all, and then obviously you, you have to go on to the solo stuff. Oh, um, you eventually, yeah, exactly. It's just the addiction that keeps on giving. Um, what is the best non-Wings solo McCartney album? Non-Wings? Well, are we including Ram in that uh, category? Ram isn't Wings. Ram is Paul and Linda McCartney. For Paul and Linda, so. with a little help from Denny. But yeah, I'll go with uh, with Ram. Yeah, that is a very safe choice. That is a, that is a, that is a good answer. You're doing well. You're going to get along on, on this show very well with talk like that. Well done. <laughs> I love it. What is the best non-Wings solo McCartney song? Oh, man. Now, now, now we're cooking. Now, now we're getting tough. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know. It, yeah. I'm not going to go easy on you. I'm not. No, you know. please don't. I mean, you can always go safe, and you can say maybe I'm amazed. But um, you know, I've I've always been a big fan of Take It Away. You know, really? Oh. Yes, yes. That was like one of my very first introductions to Solo Paul, actually. So before I was a big Beatle junkie, I very well knew Paul McCartney from all the videos from the early '80s. Okay. And Take It Away really has a special place in my heart. So, so let's just say Take It Away. Okay, I will be mentioning you when I review Take It Away for the Tug of War episode. I mean, I must say, like that is an album where people have been saying, you know, it's a a real re- return to form and. And whilst I can kind of see that point of view, I wouldn't right. say Take It Away is one of the best songs on the album. No, if, no. no. Well, I, well, actually, you know what? I would. <laughs> okay. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. I'll be thinking of you. I'll be thinking of you, definitely. Next one, Best Wings album. Okay, we're not going to go safe. We're going to uh, we're gonna go rough, as Tina Turner once said. We're going to go, um, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm going to go back to the egg. Back to um, the been, egg. I'm gonna. I'm, I've been a back to the egg guy for a couple months now. Um, yeah. You know, I could go on a little band on the run tantrum, but I'm not going to right now. <laughs> but I am so just so tired of that album oh, uh, really? in many different ways. In many different ways than one. So. Uh, well, you know. I've been writing my article, the third part for my um, like where I'm just ranking all of Wing songs and stuff, and like I, like doing the top the top albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, even including um, Wings over, over America, it is kind of hard not to just play it safe and say Band on the Run, Venus and Mars are the safe top two. Um, right. It was hard not to put Wildlife in third place, I must say. Uh, I do have a very soft spot for that album as well. As do I. You know, yeah. Some People Never Know is one of my all-time favourite uh, mm-hmm. Paul Ballads. I am your singer as well. I'm just a sucker mm-hmm. for that song. I'm a real <laughs> sucker for it. Right. Uh, I mean, I think tomorrow was a, a missed opportunity for a single myself, too. Definitely, so. definitely. Best wing song? Best wing song, I am a junior farm junkie. Oh, for so. fuck's sake. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yes, I was going to... It's, it's you know, okay. Gonna... It's okay. It's <laughs> Well, when I saw your list uh, earlier this week and I saw how far you had Junior's Farm down, you know, I thought, well, let's bring that one out. Let's see where the fuck he goes with it. Oh, so. come on. It, 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 like, uh, it was originally much lower and actually brought it about 13 places up the list. So if I'd have gone with the version one format of that article, you would have been much, much, much less oh, yeah. uh, inclined to do this chat today, obviously. Um, oh, no. But um, I could have gone. I could go two different ways. I mean, I could go Junior's Farm, and I can go with a song which I think is their most important single, and that's Silly Love Songs. But I'm going to go with uh, Junior's Farm. Their most important single. Can you extrapolate on that briefly? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, not only was it like you so eloquently uh, uh, put in your um, in your review of this song. I mean, it is the big fuck you song to the public or to the critics, I should mm-hmm. say. But here it is. He's 10 years from, from touring America, and this is the song he gives us. I mean, this is the song that leads that tour. I mean, Banna, or the, uh, I should say Wings uh, to Speed of Sound was uh, recorded during the break of that massive mm-hmm. tour, and then this is the song he gives us um, to lead that tour. It came out in April of 76, and they came to America in May. So by that time, I think the American public were, were well into that song, and I think that just brought more excitement to the tour. Yeah, I, see. And, I mean that is in, in, uh, interesting I mean I remember when I was listening to your episode I was thinking about how I, I wouldn't have that true or authentic American experience of, of not only Silly Love Songs but Wings Over America as an album and as a kind of sensation as well and you've just right. beautifully highlighted it there as well I, I, I think this would have been I think this reminded the fans of what 
the Beatles music was. I mean, this is what it was. It was positivity. It was it was being in love, you know. And that's what one of the things that drew me to being a Beatles fan was that. I've got a much softer spot though for the uh, demo version of that song. You know, the one he does with Linda at the piano. It's mm-hmm. really really good. I love that version. Worst post-Beatle album for McCartney overall? Overall. I I have never been able to get into Off the Ground. Too many um, just... Clunkers. You know, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Cl- you know, too many of this, too many of that. Uh, too many too people. Many, <laughs> too many people. You know, you know, the come on people and the hope of deliverance and, you know, and all that... Um, I've never been the the biggest fan of I wouldn't say they're protest songs, but hey, let's give a shit songs. You know? Yeah, and, you know, and I mean the songs that he did that he released on B sides like Long Leather Coat and Big Boys Biggering were mm-hmm. ten times better than yeah. you know. Yeah, very so. No, that is that is something that runs through the uh, the fandom I've noticed. Off the ground is almost like a parody album of what you do for like Paul McCartney in that kind of era. Uh, right, and he lives up to up that beautifully. Right, just a, a last quick one. What was the first album you ever bought? Of uh, Paul McCartney's? Oh no, just ever, just the first album you ever bought. Oh shit! I think it was uh, the forty-five of Olivia Newton-John's Physical. <laughs> wow, that's a fantastic yes. start. <laughs> I was, uh, she was the first woman I'd ever fallen in love with. So whatever. <laughs> well, I guess your podcast makes a lot more sense now that I know that. Um, <laughs> Yes. Uh, sorry if that disappointed anyone. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I always ask this to anyone who's a big Beatles fan who comes on the on the show. Have you got a little like Beatle collection hidden away in your bedroom somewhere, or in or in your house? What what does that look like? Do you have any little knickknacks that you're proud of? Oh yeah, the uh, the there's a um, company called Man Mad Mini Guitars, and they do miniature versions of guitars. So I got the Rocky guitar of that uh, you know just the cds i'm more into the music you know and and lately i've been really into uh into the books so um it's mainly the music and and the the books not really too many little figurines or trinkets or whatnot so i do have the beatles cartoon uh playset oh, uh, if you yeah. want to call it that That's <laughs> you know cool. but and a couple of the yellow submarine figurines but other than that it's mainly books and um music what sort of beetle books are you reading at the moment then I'm interested. Well, I'm reading uh, On the Roof uh, by Tony, uh, Tony Barrow. Mm-hmm. Starting off pretty good. It's just introducing us to, you know, 1968 and telling us what it was like uh, during that time. Um, I just finished the Alan Klein bio, which uh, mm. was okay. Which was okay. I didn't really learn nothing new Beatle-wise. But if you're a Stones fan, uh, I think uh, you would really enjoy it. Oh, definitely. Oh, cool. I'll have, to, I'll have to put that on my Amazon list, definitely. Yeah. So I only found out about you guys once I'd started my show. And mm-hmm. I was very excited that there was someone else kind of starting from from the same starting point as me. But I don't know what what was the initial catalyst for your guys' story. What made you two start two legs in the first place? Like, is it is it your first podcast? Where did it come from? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for asking. Uh, you know, this the show is really an extension to David and I's constant nonstop texting each other about Paul McCartney. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's all it is. I mean, we were very, or I was very influenced by the um, uh, things we said today podcast. Um, big I'm a big up, fan yeah, of yeah, that show. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, the the podcast that you know we started listening to. I believe in 2012, um, and we were just kind of fresh. You know, another podcast came along. But they didn't spend much time on solo stuff. It was mainly just Beatles. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of frustrated in the way that, you know, we knew that Paul McCartney solo career deserved more chat or more talk, you know, talk more talk on that stuff. So we just said, hey, look, it took me a couple of months to finally, you know, convince David to, to give it a try. <laughs> you know, it probably probably took us, you know, two months to, to finally get it together. And uh, I'm glad we did it. I mean, it's it's a great way for us to uh, connect and continue to uh, share our love for Paul. Did you do a dry run at all? Is there a, a lost first episode where you kind of... No, no, just a, just a very frustrating first episode. That, <laughs> you know, we probably spent, should have spent a little bit more time on, but, you know... Like you, we wanted to be the first ones out there, which we ended up not being. So we kind of rushed it in a way. Yeah, we uh, we we all have to have to come to terms with with the fact that you know, take it away was definitely there first. So we'll have to. No, actually, but... they were not. Oh, 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 were they? Did did they come after no. after us? I could have. Yeah, actually, it was. Um, 
it was uh, Al McCartney that came out. Um, it was old. In uh, yeah, no, Al McCartney came out. I did the I did the research on this actually. <laughs> Because uh, I, I kind of wanted to know. Um, actually, it was all McCartney first. They come out. They came out in June of sixteen. Uh, then we were August. Take it away with September, and you were October. Wow, that that is such a cluster of like convergent ev- evolution. Like all these people from around the world just just went shit. There is a gap in the market here. We are going to get on right. this, and then wow. Right. I mean, it, it, it's it's definitely a you know what the fuck moment. You know when you uh you know when you're doing this, and then six months later you realize there's three other shows. Ah, uh, well, I mean, it is nice to have that sense of comp like fr- like friendly competition as well. Like, I mean, oh, absolutely, and that's how you have to look at it. I mean, there's plenty of room. Um, you know, I, I do try to keep up and and see what you know what what other shows are talking about, just so you kind of don't you know do the same thing. I've been jonesing to do a. Um, a cold cut show but you know you already did it and then the take it away guys already did it so i thought well you know you gotta just space it out and not just be repetitive you know and then there's obviously a certain crossover with guests as well which is which is always very fun like i mean you've had paul denoyer you've had luca perazzi and john blaney as as well which are which were three yeah i mean i I didn't have the heart uh, heart of a time of getting blaney as apparently you did Well, he, he must have made made himself much more public after after I uh, found him, like the little hermit in the library that he was. Right, uh, right. But yeah, he was a lot of fun to talk to. I mean, I really enjoy his, uh, you know, the songs uh, he was singing uh, uh, series. So mm-hmm, definitely, definitely. I mean, is there anyone you're trying, you're looking looking to get on? I mean, Denny Lane's the holy grail for me at the moment. That's the one that I've, that I'm always pushing for. Uh, right. Anyone right. anyone with a remote connection to him, I harass horrendously. It's it, it's <laughs> it's really not professional, but you know. No, I hear you. He's from Birmingham. I'm from Birmingham. It makes sense, you know. You know, like I hear you. I mean, oh, right. You guys got something in common right there. Um, you know, I follow uh, Jeff Emmerich on Twitter. And Same, he's yeah. also coming. He's coming to Arizona. Um, I think next month. It would be cool to to talk to him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know if there's a lot of you know animosity with with Denny Lane towards Paul or um, just bitterness. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't know if you would get the the kind of you know interview that you would want to get. I mean, the openness. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you know what kind of interview I'd go for. I'd be like, look, Denny, did you do coke off Linda's breasts? Like, I know, right. I know, like, I, I need to know. That's it. Did like, that would have been a long line right there. Yeah. Did you see? Did did you see Jimmy McCulloch's dick? Yes or no? I need to. Oh, these geez. are these these are important things that the fans have been asking now for years. You know, for years. So, yeah, <laughs> those are the kind of questions that people really want to know. Not you know how was it working with Paul McCartney <laughs> during the you know, we don't need to know those questions. It's I don't even watch interviews anymore with him. I mean, they're so frustrating, you know, seeing an interview with Paul and answering the same damn questions it, over and over again. The worst one was for the Facebook one for um eight, eight. eight for eight days a week. It was just terrible. Do they not think that like someone may have heard of the Beatles before? It's like, <laughs> it's like come on, like someone yeah. someone ask him about Hey Bulldogs bassline. No one's ever asked him. Please, just someone ask him. <sighs> but but no, yeah, we we, we no. Nope. Like being in the Beatles. Oh, were the crowds too loud? Oh. <laughs> I want to ask him about the uh, the uh, little teenager that he got caught with. I think it was in Minnesota during the one of the American tours. You know, mm. you know, see if uh, what kind of trouble that brought on the band. Um, <laughs> oh, but uh, Paul, what possessed you to nail a condom to the wall and set it on fire? <laughs> what po- fire? Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> Jesus. And there's that thing I read in that Mark Lucian book. Uh, well, no, I uh, actually, actually no, for full disclosure, I didn't read it. My good friend of the show, Tom Quee, read it and he told me about it. Whereby right. the Beatles would be like, when they were really young, they'd be all around John's house and they'd be like, like wanking and masturbating in the dark and like <laughs> and like calling out women's names like Marilyn Monroe and you know Rita Hayworth. Right. And then like John would call out Winston Churchill and everyone would go, Oh yeah. no! <laughs> that that is a great book. Yep, that wasn't even days a week. It is great. Yeah. Right. It is, it is yeah. Well, they played it safe, unfortunately. 
it's 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 funny too when you see the albums and how long they were on the charts or how long it was number one and it gradually gets less and less mm-hmm. as the uh as the albums come up you know so you think that uh they were degressing rather than you know getting more and more popular as the years went on went on is it a significant drop sales from like from like sergeant pepper to like let it be the album sales yeah yeah i mean and last week's at number one as well you know mm. so but you know the competition you know i mean monkeys had three albums in 67 so they outsold the beatles that year which lame well that's how you how you beat the beatles on a technicality i suppose right so um i'm not sure if you know you probably listened to one of the, the, the episodes maybe but i've actually managed to score tickets to go see mccartney this december in london i'm really excited for that fucking obviously yeah well, i was gonna ask you about that i mean what i mean this is your first time seeing this him? is my very first time seeing paul mccartney i'll be taking awesome. i'll be taking a friend with me uh, we'll we, we'll be reviewing it at about three in the morning straight away and there'll be awesome. a, a massive uproar because we'll be really really raw and then i'll obviously have to do another episode like this with you about a month down right. down that down the line where I try and claw back some respect from the from the community. But um <laughs> What are you hoping for? What are your hopes? I am hoping that he doesn't play Let Me Roll It. And that's about it, really. Oh, and that and that's about it. I'm looking forward to see whatever he plays because Quite famously, in my family, I turned down tickets to go see Stevie Wonder when I was a bit younger because I was a bit, oh, I was a bit too man. cool to go with my dad. And then, and, <laughs> and then, like it came up again uh, a couple of years ago, and I, I did actually see yeah. Stevie do all of the songs from Songs in the Key of Life I, in London. Yes, I went to that tour too here in here in the states. It was amazing. It's fucking brilliant, wasn't it? And it was beautiful. And I'll never forget when he walked out on stage and was like, "I can see so many beautiful people," and <laughs> got the biggest laugh I've ever seen it in a crowd. Ever. <laughs> and I've never seen so many grown men cry either. Like, uh, Steve. Yeah, there there's some great great uh, songs on that album. I mean, I'd, I mean, it'd be cool to see him do some of the other albums that he has, you know, from the '70s too. But yeah, seeing the songs in the Key of Life live was was simply a uh, something I couldn't miss. I was going to say maybe he could do like Inner Visions and something else. Uh, well, I was thinking Talking Book. You know, mm-hmm. that's my that's my next favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, so or music. No, actually, music of my mind is is my favorite Stevie Wonder album. Okay. So you know, but yeah, I mean, being growing up and you know, spending thirty one years in Michigan, you kind of take it for you know that Motown era stuff for granted because you you hear it nonstop on the radio. You know, so it took me moving to another state to finally see him live. You know? Correct me if I'm wrong, but what either you or your co-host David went to see McCartney in Detroit recently or yeah it was yeah it was yeah it was david he's got to see him like every time that he's been to detroit okay. so he's he's seen him like six or seven times to, wow. to my two to my two so well, what were your two times when did you see him the last was 2014 for the new um which was which was great here in arizona um first time was in michigan for the off the ground tour okay. but that's okay <laughs> But, you know, for the first time, it, it was great. It was awesome to see Penny Lane live. Mm. So I think I actually would have preferred to go see him during the new tour, really. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like a Save Us is a song that is definitely better live than it is on the record, I must say. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, do you think I should gauge my expectations to be a little bit lower? Just like uh, you know, yeah, maybe. Especially if you're not like the two new songs. Like, I, I think you're you are not liking them. But yeah, I mean, listen, I I think you're you you've said that you're a Kanye fan, so you're probably looking forward to uh, you know four or five seconds, maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know. Def- definitely <laughs> not. Definitely not. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Rihanna. I'll be like, oh fuck yeah. no. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping he takes that song away. Um, but yeah, I you know it, it's going to be Beatles, and and he's going to throw in four or five songs from the from Egypt Station mm-hmm. and. Uh, and maybe, and maybe four other solo songs. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's that's my prediction. Yeah, that's actually very very accurate. I'm hoping for a gaff as well for him to like play a song from Ram and say this is for the Wings fans again or something. <laughs> again. Like, I love that. I love it when he did. I love it when he did that. I was like, that's so Paul, you idiot. I loved it. Oh, my God, yes. <sighs> okay, okay. Uh, come on, I'll stop bullshitting now. I know I'm just stalling, so I don't have to talk about Egypt Station. So let's just right. pull this band-aid off nice and quickly. Um, now, so Tom, please kind of indulge me. This is a bit of a very vain question, but did you actually listen to the episode that I did where I covered I Don't Know and Come On To Me at all? 
I sure did, and, okay. I, and I and I enjoyed your criticism very much. <laughs> okay, so I mean, uh, what what were your reactions to that? Like, did you think I was fair at all, or or do you think it was a little bit overzealous, shall we say? Maybe a little overzealous. You know, it's okay to have your own opinion. Mm-hmm. I I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but I mean, I get. I mean, I get it. You know these songs. I you know these two songs. I don't think they're as as poppy as maybe or as exciting as as new was when when that came out, or even a fine line when that first came out. I mean, the first single is usually the one that really gets you excited about the the upcoming album. Yeah. And and I and I think "Come On to Me" is a, is a good song. I don't think it's a great song. It definitely has its ups and downs. I mean, I definitely think it's it's too long for one, but the, for the most part. I think it's a fun song. I, I mean, lyrically, I think it's fun in the same way that press was fun, you know. So, oh, but that's that, just, that's just me. That's a very weird thing to say because I, I, I don't think press is that fun at all, actually. Um, I think. <laughs> well, lyrically, I, I think it's too. I mean, especially when you're in a relationship as well. I mean, uh, if you're a, if you're a Paul fan and you're in a relationship. Uh, I mean, I think some of those lyrics you know, can be fun. Yeah, I do. I do get that, but. Obviously, when I first heard these two tracks, I was obviously very turned off indeed. And I'm aware that I was very hot-headed when approaching the material. I, and I was very excited as well. I was excited for new for new McCartney content. I wanted them to be great. Of course, I want Macca to, 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 to release great stuff. And there are going to be at least two or three songs on this album that are going to go on my playlist and I'm going to listen to. It's understandable. You know, uh, very understandable. I, I mean, you probably d- discussed this on your show as well, but like a lot of the songs in the McCartney discography aren't observably good until you've listened to them like 20 times over a longer period of time and you kind of get it a little more. Like there's right. there's that famous quote where Paul's talking about silly love songs and then people get a little bit older and they have a family and stuff and they kind of get silly love songs a little, a little bit more. And right. I noticed that with both of these songs. I'm not going to fully re- let, you know, retract statements and you know, give out full apologies or anything, but like you know, opinions gestate over time. And st- well, that's what these shows are. They're just opinions. You, know? yeah. you do want your opinion to be consistent, and you know, you don't want to look like a flip flopper. Exactly, <laughs> or, or, or you don't want to look like an ass kisser where you just like yeah. everything. You know, I get what you're saying. Again, they're good songs, but. I don't think they're great songs. You know, I I, I seem to I seem to like I don't know a little bit more than than come on to me. I'm kind of enjoying this this McCartney that's you know looking back a little bit. I mean, I I think it suits those kind of songs suit his voice yeah. um, a little bit, especially on the on the the lower um, you know the lower singing voice. Cause some like you know I don't know or you know in a blink of an eye or I want to come home. You know you know in even early days. You know, mm-hmm. uh, um, I think those songs suit his voice now. Yeah, and the rockers, though, I mean, that's something that I think he should do more live because with his his weaker with his voice getting weaker, I, I still think that he sings rockers very well. Yeah, no, I do get that, and I am going to be looking forward to listening to Paul do "Come On to Me" live. I know for a fact he's going to do it. He might not do, I don't know, but "Come On to Me" is def- definitely one that he has a lot. Oh, definitely. And it was it was the song that was that was featured on the James Corden. Tripe, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, sing along thing. Oh, God, <laughs> God, I, uh, the carpool karaoke. You, yeah, I, I, yeah, the karaoke. Yeah. Did so? Did you buy the, uh, the the two songs, or did you go on YouTube and listen to them? Or? <laughs> I I wasn't gonna pay for something that I wasn't sure wasn't quality. Are you serious? Oh my God! <laughs> I, so I will buy. I'm gonna buy the full Egypt Station like red red vinyl thing. You know, I wanna right. I'm, I'm spend a lot on that. So you know, Paul can wet my beak for free. You know, like, <laughs> like any good dealer should, really. Um, right, right. But I must say that, you know, both these songs are quite innocent. You know, you really shouldn't approach them with the same kind of critical uh, vigour for an album like Band on the Run or McCartney 2 or even Flaming Pie or even New. Like, these are just kind of like, uh, he's past 70 now. I'm not saying it's like a novelty track or anything and that, like, we have to, like, pander to him. But, like, we, we right. should be aware of that and, like, not kind of expect him to, to blow the house down, but just expect that he's going to put a bit of emotion in. And songs like I Don't Know that kind of play up to the fact that he is a bit older and a bit wiser and a bit weaker and right. play up to that mm-hmm. like, like that is really good and Come On To Me unfortunately doesn't play up to that and is a bit more nostalgic and it, it doesn't work quite as well unfortunately uh, just, right. just kind of like in in concept but I don't know really does have a certain charm yeah I mean I, I mean I don't know if I'm a, I'm a big fan of people saying I mean I've, I've read a couple I mean I read one review and I you know I read you know reviews of the of the two the two songs mm-hmm. and 
you know, people are using this, you know, well, he's 76 now, where, where it's almost like it's an excuse for them not liking or liking the song, you know. So um, it, it's Paul McCartney. It doesn't matter his age. I think there's going to be something of quality in, that, in just about everything he does. Um, so, you know, I'm looking forward to hearing this new album and um, definitely, you know, listen to it about four or five times before I even jot down any thoughts oh well i'll give it in the exact opposite of that i'm going to listen to it like twice with a friend and then we're going to quickly churn something out and then i'll do the full episode like you know with the part with like the part <laughs> right. one and all and, 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 all, and all the preamble and stuff like that right so you can uh, you know you can uh, record all of your uh, disappointments right away while they're still fresh in your head yes and then and then i'll come back and say i'm sorry i didn't mean it i was babe, baby i was drunk i didn't mean it baby right. i'm sorry take me back yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. A John Lennon song. Yeah, great. Uh, You're apologizing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll do a bonus episode where I talk about Imagine or something just to pander to the fan base. But right. be, yeah. what I will say about these two songs is that not only have they gotten better just over the period of time that I've been listening to them, but I, I do feel like as songs they do get better as they build up towards the end, especially with the really brilliant production that both of them have. Like A lot of them's going on in both of them, and they actually do seem right. quite basic, and they do start off very bare bones, and they do build up to these kind of lovely, lovely little kind of weird warped crescendos. Right. Yeah, I think you got a good point there with, with the songs building... I mean, the more you listen to him, you know, and that's all that's holds true for his whole canon for me. I mean, there's a lot I you know, when I first started buying his albums, I mean, I could tell you that that half of the album I loved and the other half I thought was shit. Yeah. You know, but but, yeah, I mean, the gradually these songs finally, you know, something like um, uh, San Fairy Ann from uh, Wings at the Speed of Sound. I mean, it's a song that I thought nothing of until oh really? It, okay. Until the yeah, until the archives came out, you know, and then I really just sat down and you know listened to it, you know. Oh, see, because for me that was a song that I that instantly resonated with me on that on that album, and I thought kind of set it apart from the mediocrity right. that is Wings at the Speed of Sound. We we've, mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about that album today. That's good. Um, <laughs> Obviously, I still think Paul's voice has it, at least on on record, uh, where it could be altered by the fantastic production and stuff. Like he doesn't sound as bad as I kind of made out on on the first review. Right. I got quotes at my window, George <laughs> at my door, and and then so uh, so is there two shows that he's doing there, or is it just the one he's show? Doing three. There, uh, there's one. Are they? They're not back to back to back. Are they same days in a row, or are they like a day in between? There might be like a week in between them. Okay. There was London, Liverpool, and Edinburgh. Okay. Because that's always our worry that, you know, the, the, the second show of the back-to-back, because David did go to both shows that were in Detroit, and they were back-to-back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that second show was, you know, he said a little bit more on the rough side than the first one. That's interesting. Well, this is the second show, so it, uh, okay. hopefully it's a, at least a, a couple of days after to let him let him recharge. But he is an older man now, I'm sure. Because, right. like, I mean, he doesn't need to do more than three shows a year anyway to kind of recoup his living costs, I'm sure. Right. Just to go back to Come On To Me, mm-hmm. it's not like Let Me Roll It or Helen's Wheels. Like it, it, it is a song that looks back to the 60s and it kind of is appropriately one of those right. kind of 60s throwbacks. But as I mentioned earlier, it doesn't work fully. It is a bit of an antithesis to I Don't Know, which is good as a, as a, a double A side release, just kind of in terms of marketing. The two songs are very different, but uh, it's kind of not as cool and cheeky as it thinks it is, unfortunately. Right, well... I mean, you mentioned "Let Me Roll It," where I, I think in something like in something like that, and in, in "Old Siam Sir," where I mean, the song is kind of built around, you know, that same riff, you know, at the beginning there, and I and I thought that was like one of my first fears what was that riff is just going to be the same riff throughout the whole song just kind of like a let me roll it riff it's the same song yeah exactly right right you know but then luckily it does change up there with that uh, indian style you know guitar solo and and the horns which i thought were, were yes. a nice added added addition to it because it, 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 it does become a bit like a very chug-a-lug train a right. <laughs> like a lot a lot of that's very fun and it it kind of reminded me of like the better moments of like I lie around and stuff like I'm going for a swim you know all, all of that stuff I love it whenever Paul fucks around with that kind of studio silliness 
Both songs kind of had a certain cringe factor, but once I got over the shock of it, I kind of accepted them for what they are. You know, you don't look at, a, you know, a Leonard Cohen song or mm-hmm. or any of the stuff off the Black Star with David Bowie. You don't look at it like it's going to be Ziggy Stardust or anything. You take it right. at face value. Well, I mean, do you want another Band on the Run? I mean, do you want a Band on the Run Part 3? Uh, you know, a Band on the Run Part 4? I mean, I don't. <sighs> you know, I, I, I like hearing different stuff from paul i mean that's one of the reasons why i like london town is because it's so different from the other stuff that he was doing in the 70s i do get that you know like obviously you've got the charms of things like don't let it bring you down but that's also mixed with the weird synths on like the first side as well like whilst i i think if you go back to my early episodes i do say on record that i i did initially want band on the run part two instead of venus and mars (laughs) Um, but Something similar to Ram again would be nice, just something country, because I do love Paul in that country mode. And he's still in this kind of latter phase. I don't know what I'd call it. It's kind of like soft rock that he's kind of been focusing on now. Just little, Mm -hmm. and like little piano pop tunes. Like he's kind of been in the same mode ever since Dance Tonight, really. Just releasing these small little singles that that aren't meant to light the world on fire, but they'll do really well on kind of 30 plus uh, age range radio stations. And I think Egypt Station's going to. Helm maybe one or two songs that will get a bit of, a bit of radio time and well that would be great yeah I am looking forward yeah. to it as a whole I think you are as well certainly oh yeah yeah I mean like I said you know with the Ram thing I mean well getting a little bit more from Paul trying to you know getting something from his personal life you know I mean which he doesn't really do but he did quite a bit on Ram you you did get you know stuff on his personal life something like you know dear boy where he's you know he's, he's singling out Linda's ex or something like uh, you know eat at home where they could be talking about going down on each other <laughs> or you know the backseat of my car where it's us versus them you know yeah. type song you know so oh, I want a new one about Nancy like you know there should have been <laughs> well, like that, the... that's all you could be you know <laughs> see now I would like that because it would be nice just to do a random little article just on the songs you wrote for Linda the songs you wrote for Heather and the songs you wrote for Nancy because we've only had my Valentine so far and really? yeah. and to have a cheeky one for Nancy would well, be scared I think would be would be considered for uh, Nancy as well okay I'll have to re-examine that one would you have been okay if New was the last album that he did no oh I mean I still think he was what uh, what 70 yeah. maybe 71 i mean he's still young enough obviously he's still in great shape Mm -hmm. i mean the only thing that we are all all worried about really is his voice so no i mean i would honestly like to see at least two more albums from him two more and uh, he definitely could he definitely could yeah i mean one of the things that i'm curious about this album as well is is are, are these songs all new to this album or did he bring any out of his back pocket Sort mm-hmm. of say, you know what I mean? Kind of like something what he did with Beautiful Night. You know, he had that since the '80s, and he brought it back for you know for Flaming Pie. You know, uh, I'm sure he's got like hundreds of songs that he could just you know rework or or rewrite or you know and 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 have you know three or four more <laughs> albums. You know. Well, I'm sure so, I'm sure Capital and MPL are going to milk that cow for all it's worth and flog that dead horse till the very last drop of blood come, right. comes out of it and they will get their money. Bring it on. Bring it on. I got, I got money in hand waiting to pay. I mean, I think I think the record is Mama's Little Girl for the longest time from recording to release, I believe. That that was recorded just... Yeah, that's know. right. That was what, in the uh, the 90s when it was uh, on a B-side? Yeah, a B-side. I think for something from off the, gr- or off the ground, I think it was. <sighs> that's really going to annoy me now. I'm very annoyed at that, that I, that I don't know that, but I brought it up anyway. Man looks up something on computer. Uh, Mama's Little <laughs> Girl... Oh, this is this is gonna have to be edited somewhat. No, it's not from Wildlife Wikipedia. You uh. well, it probably di- directed you there because it's on it's on the Wildlife um, Re- Paul McCartney collection CD. Here we go. Put it there. There we are. Okay. Put All it, right. So uh, with, with a very weird album cover as well. I must say. Oh my gosh. So well, it's Flowers in the Dirt that it was a single for B side. Ah. Yes, yeah. um, another album that I'm not looking forward to, to reviewing at really? all. Uh, oh, oh, I think there's very little that's actually grabbed me, except for my brave face so far. I think the first eight songs are, are, are stellar. <sighs> but that's it, okay. It all seems quite cookie-cutter to me at the moment, but I haven't given it its fair due. I've only kind of dipped my toe somewhat. Uh, 
Gotcha, gotcha. So have you dipped your toe in any of his classical music yet? No, I'm terrified of that. Um, I'm absolutely... <laughs> but I love Twin Freaks. I think Twin Freaks is possibly one of the best albums he's done ever. I absolutely yeah. love that mm-hmm. album. Uh, yeah, I'm... we'll be doing a show on that this season. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, I, I wanna, I'm looking forward to uh, talk, talk about The Fireman as well. That's, yeah. that's really fun. Actually, the, the episode that I want to do most, uh, actually, is just to review Lisa the Vegetarian, the episode of, of, <laughs> okay, of uh, The Simpsons, right. which is... Nice, nice. Um, I've just, just uh, discovered a, a Simpsons podcast, actually, called Four Finger Discount, and they did a fantastic review of it as well. Um, okay. I don't think they appreciated the uh, the uh, reference, if you play Maybe I'm Amazed backwards, you'll hear a ripping recipe for a lentil soup. Which... <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I watched that clip not oh. too long ago. Back when I was the fifth Beatle. Yeah, Sopu, whatever you say. <laughs> that, oh, it's such, it's such a good episode, such a good episode. What did you think of the release of Come On To Me and I Don't Know? Like, like it was like nostalgically pandering with this double A side and like it probably should have just, just gone on Spotify or something, I I feel. It was, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, it was kind of, yeah, nostalgic or, or retro or however you want to say it. I mean, it, it's been a long time since I even heard the term a double A side. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I thought the double A sides that he did in his solo career were were pretty stellar myself, but I, I think it was a good idea. You know, I mean, I, I think it drew it drew more attention to the songs double A side. I mean, why is he calling it a double A side? There's, you know, really the forty five are, are obsolete now. I mean, I, I did hear that uh, a forty five of these, you know, will eventually show up maybe on record store day. It's you know? strange that one isn't out already. I'm quite annoyed at right. that. I, I actually would have bought that over a, um, a digital download or something like that. And there is this market now of both young people buying vinyl and older people buying vinyl now. And the fact that he doesn't right. have, it, have it out is kind of silly. It is weird. Yeah, I mean, I was reading last year that you, the UK, the, the vinyl sales have outsold the uh, CD sales now. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that was last year. You know, I think that's amazing. I love it. Dude, if you go into like a HMV, which is um, a shop that sells like DVDs and CDs and stuff. Sta- mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Stands, stands for Her Majesty's Voice, I believe. Uh, okay. The vinyl section is ridiculously big. There is a section just for vinyl hip hop that's bigger than like a Blu-ray <laughs> section. I'm like, whoa, this is fantastic. Beautiful. I literally have about 10 different vinyl stores or record stores in a 20-mile in a radius from where I live. It's it's beautiful. I wonder if there are any Paul McCartney podcasts that don't have a local vinyl rec- record store. Maybe it's one of those prerequisites for life to spawn, you know, for those cells to right. divide to become a Paul, <laughs> a Paul McCartney podcast. Do you have the record store day there? A record store day. Uh, I, yeah. We may very well do, but I have not been uh, exposed to it at all. That sounds. Okay. I mean, right. is that just like you know, you get ten percent off and you get to go crazy? No, no. <laughs> what it is, it's it's twice a year. You know, all these different artists or or the studios will put out these special vinyls that are only limited to that day. They only oh. sell them that day. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot. There, you know, there's been a you know an abundance of, of Bowie stuff. I mean, Paul McCartney, the Beatles. Uh, I mean, you get you got that Strawberry Field, Penny Lane, a 45 that came out a few years back. MPL mm. uh, did that Paul McCartney Elvis Costello cassette uh, a few years back. You know, so I mean, it, the Say 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 was with the with the uh, opposite um, um, versus by the uh, you know yeah the remix you know mm. so I mean it's twice a year it's pretty cool you spend end up spending way much more money than what you should but uh, <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun you know you stand in line two hours before it opens and you hope for the best. Which version of Egypt Station are you going to get? Are you going to get multiple versions? Are you going to get them all? Oh, I yeah, I probably will get like three different versions. <laughs> uh, yes. You know, I, I bought three versions of, of new. Uh, I'll definitely get... I already got the, the vinyl on pre-order from Amazon. Which one? Um, uh, I think the color. That's good. Um, yeah, um, I'll definitely get the, the Target exclusive um, with the two extra tracks here. What? And, uh, what? There's a, uh, what? There's a Target exclusive with extra tracks? There better be any. Yes. There better be any at that same exclusive o- over here somewhere. I, I, I think I read that you you guys will have an ex- a store selling an exclusive copy with two extra tracks as well. There better be, or I'm going to flip out. I'm going to kick off. <laughs> Ah. That is going to damage the special relationship between our countries if, uh, if, uh, if, right. if, if that is true. <laughs> well, you know, I, I do think that, uh, you know, Paul is more popular here in, in the States now than in the UK anyway, so... That, dude, that was probably true back in 78, 
probably. <laughs> maybe. You know, yeah, I was meaning that. You know, I wanted to talk to you about that. We, we can maybe talk about that on our show. You know, the difference between popularity of uh, McCartney's solo career throughout, you know, here in the States and over there in the UK. Oh, you know. I mean, the. I mean, I've been working at, at uh, my, my, my new job now for about four months. And the first guest or uh, customer I've ever had that has spoken to me about Paul McCartney was an American. It wasn't another British person. And it was like, that is just typical. Like, when I tell people here that there is, well, sorry, that I do a Paul McCartney podcast, it does get a right. certain strange look. Like, what? <laughs> What? Why? I, okay. I get that too, buddy. Okay. I get that too. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. I was listening to the the very first time we had a we had a guest on our show. I was listening to it nonstop at work. You know, just trying to. You know, I was proud of it and everything mm-hmm. like that. And everybody, you know, all my coworkers just walking by me, just shaking their heads. Like, how many times are you gonna listen to this damn thing? <laughs> Oh, uh, I've been to parties where a friend of mine, who also has a, has a podcast, would stop the party just to go and listen to his own podcast. I actually remember that very, very well. You know who you are. You know yeah. who you are. Um, Cheeky bastard. On Spotify, there's this little thing they do called behind the lyrics, and it's a, a feature they do for certain songs. It's like a little little trivia snippets they give in between the lyrics. Um, Paul told the BBC that he tries to be as critical as possible when writing new material. He says, it's a good thing to have, otherwise you're just going to write songs that you've already written, or worse, that other people have written. So, you have to self-govern as you're going along. You think, that's a bit corny, sometimes I'll go right through it, but then I'll remember that little bit that was corny, and I'll go back to it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure about you, Tom, but do you believe that statement at all? (laughs) Because... (laughs) For me, one of, one of the charms about both of the songs that we've just talked about are that in the most McCartney-esque way possible, he obviously didn't remove the corny stuff. Some of the corny stuff is the stuff that I actually like in those songs. Well, I think I think that's what we come to expect from him mm-hmm. is, is the corniness or, or the silliness. And at least that's what I expect from mm-hmm. him. You know, at least from a handful of songs per album. Yeah, know? definitely. Um, yeah. But before we move on, though, I just wanted to... This is the one that I wanted to address with this uh, Spotify lyric thing uh, behind the lyrics. And, you know, so so far, these have been great quotes, and there were loads more like it. And, like, it's a nice little insight to have, just, like, while while you're on the train. I mean, oh, cool, here's some facts about about the song. And then then it, it, it just suddenly reads... It was back in the 60s when Paul met his first wife, photographer Linda Eastman, who died of breast cancer in 1998. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to hear that during Come On To Me. Did we have to bring that up? It, it, it felt like it, really, it felt really bad, bad taste. It felt like so poorly played. Yeah, we definitely need to write them an email. <laughs> who died? I was like, oh, shit. I'm sure what died was in all in capital letters, too. Um, uh, and, and in italics as well. It was mental, mate. It was absolutely mad. Uh, was there like a skull of bones? <laughs> Anyways. Flashing on the screen. Right, exactly. Before we, we wrap things up, you actually sent me a set list a few... It might have been a couple of weeks ago now. We actually attempted to, to record this show a while back, not to re- reveal the inner workings of the podcasting community too much. But um, this might have been a gig that Paul did either in the States very recently or in the cavern. We're not. Yeah, I think the cavern mm-hmm. yeah and uh, if it's an indicator for what i might be experiencing on december 16th it's actually very interesting because first of all it's not that long and there's not I, I don't believe there was much oh there was two short encores as well not the kind of like mm-hmm. the you know 30 minute encores that paul does that puts right, some right. like total acts to shame just going to give it a quick a quick run through now we have a hard day's night that's a nice solid starter uh, mm-hmm. I'll be happy to hear to hear that. We've got Junior's Farm. That'd be really fun for you. I have to grit my teeth. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Just because I don't think he's done that one for a while would have a certain. No, he hasn't since the the mid two thousands, I believe. Oh wow, fantastic! Uh, yeah. This is a song I don't think I've ever heard him do, which is the one after nine oh nine. I don't think I've ever heard Paul do that one solo. I'd be really happy to hear that one. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, that's exciting as well. Definitely. Then I drive my car, a, a good staple. Paul, Paul loves to play the bass on that one. He feels very cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we have Come On To Me, the first one from Egypt Station. Of course he was going to play this one. Then going right. on to I've Got A Feeling, which is a fantastic one for him to do. One of my favourites from Let It Be. Definitely. Um, yeah. Obviously no Lennon, but I'm sure they will fill the gap ad- ad- adequately. Next, they do. Next one I'm, I'm trepidatious about because there is a fluctuation in quality that he's done with this song. Mm-hmm. And it's I've, I've I've just seen a face. 
with Wings over Wings of America, I do think that this is one of the worst songs on the album. And with his current touring band, the you know the touring band he's been with for what twenty years now, they do do right. pretty solid versions of this song. But it has been a bit patchy sometimes with so. the voice. Yeah, and like they just change the beat and the cadence of it, and I don't really like it. It's like don't fix what what isn't broken with I've just seen a face, or maybe just you know leave well enough alone. Then we've got right. uh, Confidant or Confidante. Uh, this is this this is one we we we, we haven't heard of at all. Uh, not sure, no. not sure what to say. Like may, maybe there is a certain like Italian rhythm to it. Maybe you know there's a certain Mediterraneanness to right, to right. it. You never know. Maybe a, a San Ferian type. Um, ah, I love it. On to Love Me Do, another classic that anyone going would be happy to see or hear. Uh, you know, if, just like if you played like All My Loving or something, you know, these are songs right. that are always going to hit well. We can work it out exactly the same. Uh, he has to throw in My Valentine to keep Nancy happy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the, I mean, that's the one David and I are kind of hoping that he, you know, he eventually tossed to the side. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it it's fine, isn't it? It's fine. Mm -hmm. It's fine. That's it. Yeah, it's I, fine. I think the video's better. I love the video, but I could just mm -hmm. look at Natalie Portman's face for hours and be very, very happy with that. Uh, <laughs> is that the one with Natalie Portman and Johnny Depp? And, Both of them are in there? And Johnny Depp. John, John, Johnny Depp yeah. is in two Paul McCartney videos, and now he's had this titanic fall from grace, and it's kind of awkward to see him in those... In the, in well, the, it's actually in three, I believe. I, I think he was in early days as well as Queenie Eye. Oh, I thought you were you were going to say that like he was in the background for like paperback writer or something, yeah. <laughs> dressed as Jack Sparrow. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Why is the yeah. weed gone? You know. Yeah. But 1985 is another one where I'm kind of hoping that he uh, he'll you know eventually retire as well because he can't do it anymore. No, I mean? I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it's a great song. Don't get me wrong, but I, you know, one of the things that frustrates me about his, the live experience and Band on the Run, it's the, I mean, that seems to be the album that he draws the most songs from. Every time, yeah. Over here in the UK, one of our main channels, ITV, did just a documentary randomly on primetime Saturday night, just about Band on the Run. So obviously, oh really? It, oh yeah, god, it, it's still a very popular album here in, in the UK and still gets a lot of radio play. Have you heard the version on one hand clapping though? Um, was that included on the uh, archive set? I believe I mean, if so. If it was, then I probably have. So it's, I'll say yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's the it's the far superior version. I'm going to recommend you check it out after 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 this. It's the one I'll just pull on his own on piano, just kind of bonding, bonding, bonding. It's right. really good. Uh, another great piano one, obviously, is Lady Madonna. Would love would love to see that one live. Then we've got Who Cares. Uh, a right, good, a new, ooh, another new one, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, this one hasn't been spoiled yet. It's kind of placement in between Got to Get You Into My Life and Lady Madonna leads me to believe that it's probably going to be a slower song, it's, especially after 1985 as well. It's probably going to be a bit of a, a come down. And then Fur You comes after got, got, got to Get You Into My Life, which uh, actually, speaking of Got to Get You Into My Life, I, I don't know what version he's going to do. Is he going to do the kind of big brass live 90s Paul version, or is he going to do the uh, end of Back to the Egg version with the kind of uh, he heavy, heavier there's always a bit of tension of which which one right. you can do there. But for you, yeah, this this one could be about licking out Nancy for all we know. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. uh, I mean, just the idea that Paul still has sex is quite a funny. It, in my head, it's not Paul; it's a man doing an, imp an imp like a comedic impression of Paul. So, like when he orgasms, right. he goes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> a song just comes out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wrote this song while we were having sex. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think we end the main set list with Obladi Oblada. Fantastic. Uh, I'd love to see that that one live as well. It's another song that is a guilty pleasure that I just love. First encore, I Want to Be Your Man. Fuck yeah. Great. Fantastic. I'll definitely have that. I think it's also a slight, slight dig at the Stones. Cause the, oh, yeah, a little bit. Because the Stones are still going. They're still going strong. But Paul's still going strong. He's probably earning even more money just on his own. And he's going to remind us that they gave the Stones one of, the, one of their first big singles. Well, yeah, and that was the joke for when he did the Desert Trip show a few years back. Mm -hmm. um, that weekend in the desert where it was uh, him and Neil Young one night, the Stones and Dylan, and I think it was the Who and Roger Waters. And, yeah, he goes like, he just 
a little tribute to the Stones, and he does, I want to be your man. That's pretty, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Love it. Then we have yeah. two more two more rockers. This is a great kind of encore just to get the crowd kind of kind of pumped a bit. We have Get Back right. and Back in the USSR, the two big yep. back songs, and uh, that is a, a double bill that would just floor any Paul McCartney or any Beatles fan, really. like You just can't argue with the numbers with that one at all. No, that was a great way to end the set. And then he comes back on once more after, 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 after saying goodbye again for an interesting double bill, actually, which you probably wouldn't think of as like a, a duo. And it's Sergeant Pepper and Helter Skelter. Maybe they kind of bled into each other. I hope they kind of did, because that would, that would be quite interesting. But right. um, ending a show on, on Helter Skelter, what a statement. Like Especially for a guy his age as well. Like He's still rocking better than most of the live rock acts, rock acts today. It's... It's brilliant. Well, like I said, yeah, earlier, I mean, his voice is still good for these rockers. And, I mean, it, it might still be, it might be damaging to his vocals, but I say keep on, uh, keep on, uh, you know, shouting it out. Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. What is the song that you'd be most excited to hear there? I mean, which one caught you most off off guard? Which one would you be most happy? Well, I, you know, obviously, you know, I said Junior's Farm earlier. <laughs> I mean, that's the song that I was hoping he would play when I saw him live in 2014. But, you know, I would love to... Love to hear that live. Um, Fah You is, is something that I've been anxious to hear since uh, <laughs> since we saw these track listings, you know. So that's uh, that's something I'm looking forward to. Uh, hopefully he plays Arizona. Um, if he does, I'll probably end up working the show. So uh, and I'll probably definitely definitely get tickets to see the show as well. So fantastic, and I'll, I will I will be looking forward to that episode you do as well. Obviously, speaking of your fantastic podcast, Two Legs. Um, do you have anything you you want to plug? Do you have any episodes that you have coming up? in the future <laughs> at all well you know um we're working on a third season right now um you know i did uh, i did post a little tease of one of the episodes that were or actually two of the episodes that we're working on um we're doing uh we're digging deeper into his catalog you know mm-hmm. paul's just not the you know the rocker and balladeer that we know him to be right exactly. so um you know we're gonna we're gonna talk to talk about the uh the liverpool oratorio with uh with a special guest who was actually there oh, uh, at, the, at the premiere you know so um so we're looking forward to that uh we're gonna we're going to do an episode on the love uh we make uh blu-ray or dvd um we're gonna talk about that and we've i've shit i've probably got 15 other guests uh, lined up that i just don't have i have no clue when we're gonna get to them <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna I, try. I know exactly what you mean like, i mean with with like podcasting like this you know gorilla style it's like you know waiting to get going and you just have to like grab, yeah, exactly. grab someone at the perfect time in the perfect time zone that's like comfortable for you yeah. as, as, as as well and you know it, it's just it's always just so great to to, to have anyone on, on the show really especially a guest such as yourself who is so similar to me in his pursuits and 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 what he's doing with his life and i love your show it is a great source of entertainment and knowledge for me you know there are some uh, little trivia nuggets that i might hear in your show that might make their way over over to mine and it, it makes my show better and i hope i might have taught you a little fact or two over the time as well absolutely and, and, yeah and you know i think people who listen to one of our shows are more like more than likely going to be listening to all of them uh you know i haven't found anyone who listens to just one beatles podcast you know what i mean right oh yeah absolutely yeah absolutely yeah i mean i have gotten you know messages from people saying that they you know they they enjoy our show and they enjoy the other ones as well you know i've had somebody that didn't like our show and told me well i'm gonna start listening to the other ones and i'm like you know what fine our show is not for everyone you know it's it's two cousins talking about their favorite musician and that's basically all it is you know so i know but that's funny you should bring that up because i think that's why i'm drawn to your show a little bit more like um you are fans like i'm just a fan on this show as well we don't come from like these massively hoity-toity backgrounds it is just fans talking for for the fans and and that's why i I was really really drawn to that i just i think the conversation you have is great on is great on the show and and i'm glad that i could bring it on to this one as well and i'm sure I will be having your cousin on at some point as well to do something very, very similar in the future. And I hope to do something again on your show as well, I'm sure. Absolutely. We'll get that planned. And I really appreciate you uh, having me on. And I look forward to having you on our show as well. Exactly. Tom, thank you so much for coming on this show. I'm really glad we finally got around to doing this. And yeah, this has gone a lot better than I thought, considering how badly the (laughs) the last one went. 
Again, not going to go into too much detail about that. Right. Thank you very much, Tom. Everyone, you've been listening to Paul or Nothing. I'm not going to go through all the, all the housekeeping again. This episode has already gone on a lot longer than I thought it was. I probably kept Tom a lot longer than he was planning, so I'm going to wrap this one up nice and quickly. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Paul or Nothing. Obviously, the next episode that's going to be coming out is the conclusive part of our Paul is Dead series that has been running for far too long. And then hopefully, we might be able to talk about Tug of War once again. Check out the blog, check out the Patreon, check us out on iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, all of that rubbish. Thank you very much, folks. We'll see you soon. Peace and love, peace and love. Play us out, Denny.